The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. We're going to have some open phone time a little bit uh, later, but uh, I wanted to make sure and talk with Michael Letts. And there was this story that I was watching the other day. And you see the story with uh, the police officers just getting the daylights kicked out of them by illegal aliens in, in New York City. The mayor's not really doing anything about it. Uh, the people get arrested, and then they're cut loose. Uh, no bail, no nothing uh, the next day. In fact, uh, if I recall, Michael, uh, wasn't that also the story in which uh, one of the aliens also uh, flipped the bird to the camera? Actually, the, all five of them. Oh, all five. All five, okay. Yeah, well, you know, I, there's nothing I feel better about leaving a border wide open and then, uh, and then people getting moved around from city to city, and this is how uh, this is the attitude uh, professed to, toward your supposed host country that you love so dearly. You got to love that, right? Hmm. Oh, you have to love it because the, the, the five not only gave their indication of what they thought of this country, but they're not sticking around for the hearing. They've already left New York City and are traveling across the country on. Uh, identification, false identification on bus bus tickets that they got. Hmm. And we're not sure where they're going to jump off those buses. Supposedly they're going to California, but, you know, you can get off a bus at any, at any stop you want to. So we'll see where they land up. Yeah, it'll be those uh, amazingly uh, non-identifiable buses that are, are usually charter buses. And you see people getting off the bus. It's like, hmm, these do not look like typical tourists. And, you know, you just kind of, it doesn't look right. By the way, I didn't get a chance to introduce you first, and and let me do that now. I'll do the honors. Michael Letts is the founder, president, and CEO of InvestUSA. And InvestUSA is an interesting nonprofit national grassroots organization. What is your mission there? I think people need to know more about this. Well, I will tell you this. When we started, we had 52% of officers who had no protection, no vests at all. Mm-hmm. We got that down to 19%. And then the uh, criminal element got wise, shall we say. And they decided, because the vests that we had at the time are called concealable vests, the ones you see under their shirts, they will only stop a sidearm or a pistol. Mm-hmm. So the criminal element, especially the drug cartels, started using automatic rifles and assault rifles, and, of course, taking them out left and right, we had more people killed than we've ever had in history. So we had to stop and create new technology called active shooter vests that will stop it if they have titanium plates. The problem with it, though, Bill, is that since it's relatively new, 90% of cops across the country do not have them. That's over a million officers on the street that are unprotected the way they should be. All right. And so invest. Do you uh, collect donations or grants or whatever it is and try to uh, to remedy that and improve the quality of uh, the the bullet? Well, the bullet. Well, I guess make an officer a little more bulletproof, as the case might be. That's correct. What we do is we have uh, mostly their citizens across the country, five, ten dollar, twenty five dollar donations. We're volunteers. so All the money goes into providing the best officers. Unfortunately, we have a lot more requests than we have the ability to deliver, but we're working on it one step at a time. We're making sure as many officers are protected. Plus, we also serve as a spokesperson now for all of our officers across the country because it's one thing to protect them. It's another thing for them to be able to have at least a decency of respect and honor that they so deserve in this country. Well, the respect and honor seems to be in short supply at the moment in many cases. This seems that way. It is. 
Definitely. Well, it's, the policies that this country has adopted on the left, uh, Democratic-leaning side, and it's unfortunate. Was, let's just take New York. New York lost 4,500 officers last year. That is a third of their uh, law enforcement uh, division. That is unsustainable. New York cannot provide protection for its people and policing with only with a third of its officers having left. Now, why did we have a third of the uh, New York, or why do they have new, a third of New York police officers leave? Now, I would imagine there's a certain amount of retiring going on. There's always a bit of attrition going on, right? Well, you have two, two issues. Yes, you always have people that come up to retirement. But the problem is you usually have classes of graduating new graduates coming to take their place. Mm-hmm. This is across the country. We're losing officers all across the country. Every jurisdiction is way below its mandated and required number of officers. And the reason why is people are retiring or getting out or just quitting because the media makes it look like they're nothing but buffoons and, you know, racists and charging them as they're guilty of anything they do before they can be proven innocent. Quite frankly, it's not worth it to them to put their families through that and to jeopardize their future. So, so, so it's, it's almost like a cult, what you're talking about is like a cultural deterioration of some sort. It's uh, it's nothing. Uh, you know, being a good police officer is no longer a respectable profession. Is that kind of where you're getting at here? You are exactly right, Bill. See how this has a, a deteriorating effect when you begin to lose officers like that. Well, the public expects to still have protection. So the officers that are left, when you if you have a hundred officers and thirty of them leave, the seventy that are left are suddenly expected to pick up the slack with the thirty that are gone. Mm-hmm. So now you're working them double time. Well, what happens to a person who's working double time with no vacation? Give that about thirty days and they burn out. So it's just, and then you get nobody that wants to wear a badge. Our young people have no interest in law enforcement, and so you've got a real crisis. This is a national crisis across this country. Then you get issues with the judicial system, like you just talked about. To where you get people that attack our officers and walk away scot free, with I mean no bail, just hey and and and, who, and of course who want, who wants to sign up for that kind of a job in which now I've had some issues I think with uh, with total lickspittal uh, uh, of, of sovereign immunity in, in which people can just get away with practically anything if they had a had a badge and there have been abuses in the past in my opinion some cases that I didn't think were, were all that good. But that, that now we've gone almost like to the other extreme, right? In, we have gone to the other extreme. Yeah, in which you can you can do no good, and you're guilty until uh, you prove yourself innocent as law enforcement, and that's not going to be helpful in trying to get people to uh, to enter that too. You have to think that there's going to be a reasonable backing up of of someone that wants to do that kind of a job because it's not always fun. Well, you're exactly right. Let me give an illustration that every one of your listeners would understand. I talked to a young female in Louisiana, an officer. We're down there to visit. We were handing out vests. She almost lost her life. She was beat by the assailant, almost to the point of death. I reviewed the tape. I looked at her and I said, you drew. You had the ability to defend yourself. Why did you not act? And her response shocked me. Because the thought going through my mind, which was worse, to act and be accused automatically, and have to go through all these kind of trials and go to jail first to sit and wait or to try to look at some other solution. It almost cost her a life. Hmm. And when the cops realize that that's the position we're being placed in now, we're automatically guilty instead of innocent, nobody wants to touch it. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, and that's even with a uh, a camera, right? You had a camera. So, right. so right. you know, I was told that uh, the whole idea of having the vest cameras and the car cameras and everything else – 
was to, uh, and by the way, I, I just wanted to say my dog in the fight is I, I have a couple of relatives here in Southern Oregon that are in uh, some police, uh, you know, police departments here in Southwest Oregon. And <laughs> Graham calls, they're going to need some help. Yeah, and, and they, well, they were talking, though, that, um, and how they were thrilled with vest cams and having the cameras in the cars because most of the right. time it got rid of the problem of someone saying, well, I got your badge number. I'm going to file a complaint. I'm going to get you. And then all they do now is say, well, that's okay. We have it all on uh, on videotape and you come on down. We'll we'll show it to you. And then it goes away, <laughs> you know, because the, the fraud part of it uh, goes away. But even with the cameras, you have uh, law enforcement officers second-guessing themselves, uh, defending themselves from a direct attack. Really? No, no question. And you say, why would that happen? Because I have seen cases all across the country. The media gets hold of the camera, body camera, and they edit it. Mm-hmm. They, they don't change it. They just take out portions. And they immediately, that's what they play. That's the story. Well, automatically, the public totally says, you're guilty. We haven't even had any evidence admitted yet. He needs to be arrested. He's guilty because of what we saw on the camera. When you look at the full thing, you see he was fully justified in what he did. And ultimately, down the road, that's what happens. And he's vindicated. But the time his family goes through having him being accused of a crime and trying to book him, suspend him from all, from without pay while this is going on, they look at that. Other officers look at that and shake their head and say, I don't want my family to go to that. It ain't worth it. I'll drive, I'll drive a garbage truck and sit here. You can have my badge. But when they walk off the job. Wow. Michael Letts, once again, founder, president, CEO of Invest USA. A nonprofit group that helps uh, hundreds of communities. They provide thousands of bulletproof vests, you know, the more uh, modern types there. And do you do uh, most of this in, uh, is it mostly small town departments that you end up uh, working with, or do you help out big cities too? You'd be shocked. We're getting requests from big cities all across the country. Really? In the same boat. Uh, NYPD. I'm just saying, requests we've got LA, San Francisco, Atlanta. Hmm. Um, you name it. And, What's sad, what's heartbreaking is, of course, we have hundreds of requests from small agencies that just simply can't afford and don't have the tax base. Because you remember, there's this defund the police movement that's been, that was, had a lot of seed, died down, and now it's picking back up again. And uh, so they're, they're desperate to get the equivalent that they need. How much does it cost to outfit an officer with a truly modern the type of uh, of vest, the of bulletproof vest that is really able to handle, let's say, the active shooter type things, where they might be more heavily armed than just a handgun. You can run anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand dollars is what the agencies pay. Mm-hmm. We pay between six hundred and seven hundred because we get them at wholesale because we're a charity and we get so many. Uh, but that that's roughly the price. So we can outfit them for between six to seven hundred dollars. Okay, but their agencies are paid eight hundred to a thousand. But really, they can't come up with uh, eight hundred bucks. A vest, in you some know, cases. That's what my point is, Bill, all across the country. Huh. It's a whole lot cheaper to pay $800 an outfit and save the guy than it is to attend a funeral, uh, out-of-death benefits, have to retrain a new officer and put him back on the street. Yeah. Are we having more of a problem? I have not been checking our law enforcement uh, you know, deaths here. Has there been an uptick in that the last few years? There is an uptick in the number of officers killed in line of duty. Let me tell you what it says. We have the highest suicide rate in history. We have the lowest morale in history. We have the highest number of officers killed in the line of duty in history. This is a recipe for disaster. Nobody is addressing it until we get to the point to where we have such violent crime that we're have a lawless society. We don't need to be there, Bill. Yeah, we do we? Yeah, do we really want to go to the uh, world in which we just have uh, area warlords <laughs> you know, controlling the neighborhood? Yeah, you, you know. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. All right. Michael, how can people contribute to that or at least find out more about Invest USA? What's the main website so people can check that out and uh, and see if this is something they would like to uh, throw a buck or two at? Okay. Well, they go to our website, www.investusa.org.org. It's a charity. They can contribute. I tell people, what is the one thing I'm asking today? Whether you contribute or not is irrelevant. When you see an officer on the street today, Stop for just a minute, smile, and say thank you for your service. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. It will change the morale of the officers on the street. Now that we are in a desperate situation and we need your help, please help us tell them that we appreciate them and keep them on the job. All right. Michael, good talking with you this morning, and I'm hoping that uh, that this uh, come to Jesus culturally will uh, occur sooner rather than later because where it's going right now is not helpful. This uh, You're exactly right, Billy. Right. We're going to do everything we can. So I have the last breath taken to make sure that that changes in this country. Michael, good talk. Thanks for having joined the show. We'll have you back. Okay? God bless you. Thanks. Take care. God bless you, too. 822 at KMED, KCMD. You're on the Bill Myers Show. Hi, this is Megan at Mini Pet Mart. Over the last seven years, Mini Pet Mart and its customers have raised nearly a quarter million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to further their mission of finding cures for childhood cancer. We're excited again to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Country Cares for Kids Radiothon on Q100.3 on Thursday and Friday, February 29th and March 1st. Because we know how precious your children and grandchildren are to you because they are to us too. So please stop by any mini pet mart or news and smokes plus M Street Market and the Market in Delhi and Grants Pass and make a donation now through March 1st. We'll put your name on a St. Jude pinup, display it in our store, and match all donations up to $40,000. Mini Pet Mart thanks you for supporting our stores and for supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where no family ever receives a bill for travel, food, lodging, and medical care. With all of our help, they are finding cures and saving children, and they won't stop until no child dies of cancer. Choosing a company to drill your well is a major decision. You have a lot to consider. Experience, reputation, equipment, price, and most importantly, the finished project. Clouser Drilling stands behind their work and guarantees materials and workmanship. Quality and integrity has helped Clouser Drilling grow to be one of the largest drilling companies in the state. They provide the best overall value and make sure the job is done right. Competent and capable. That's Clouser Drilling. Call today for a free written estimate. 476-7795. Visit ClauserDrilling.com. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When two by fours get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber. Your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. 1063 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. <laughs> Join the conversation, 770-5633, 770-KMED. We have a little bit of open phone time. I also want to do some emails of the day. Oh, I've got a uh, stellar one, a stellar one uh, coming from a nurse discussing the uh, emergency room situations here in Southwest Oregon. I think it's pretty important we'll have that. We've had a lot of serious uh, conversation this morning, so... Uh, Stat, we, speaking of nurses, right? Stat, we need a dad joke of the day. Dad joke of the day, sponsored by Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off of Sage Road in Medford. In today's uh, dad joke, if April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. Got it, Pilgrim? I love that. By the way, uh, 
Two Dogs Fabricating will be happy to take your dad joke. If you have a better dad joke than what I just told, go to twodogsfab.com and email it to him, and maybe I'll get a chance to read this, okay? Two Dogs Fab, of course, is an amazing place. Experts at metal fabrication, work and dump trailers, truck flatbeds and utility boxes, body swaps and roll-up doors and hydraulic repairs. They will transform your truck and trailer into the ultimate work rig. And they also do all sorts of repairs on metal. And let's say you have a—maybe you're a farmer— this is the off-season farming equipment. Great time to uh, get that looked at here and uh, be ready for planting season next year, okay? Two dogs fabricating. All right. All right. Let me grab line one. Hi, KMD, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? This is Minor Dave. Hey, Dave. What's up? Well, uh, I just want to say I sent you an email uh, from a blog that uh, uh, the strategic planning for removing dams in California, and I'll let you read that. But then I wanted to say is, is Oregon is dead if you can't vote for the people you want to vote for. And that it's just a matter of time before it collapses. Uh, who said that now? I said, uh, I said that I'm saying Oregon is dead if you can't vote for Dennis Lickerson. Oh, oh, oh yeah, if or, you can't vote for the person you want representing you. Yeah, and you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do this uh, by right. by uh, the deeming of uh, a Senate leader, let's say, or a House leader, that kind of thing, the Speaker, okay? All right, Dave, thanks for the call. I just want to make sure I understood you correctly. Uh, hey, Jan wrote in, uh, wrote in this morning about the vest guy. He says, uh, hey, Bill, you were promoting Ron, and then this guy's on, totally unrelated. Sometimes, no, he just didn't show up this morning there. There was a, a problem that he didn't appear, and I didn't mean to upset you, Jan. It's just that he was supposed to be there, but uh, we'll get that figured out, okay? And I forgot about that. He just just didn't, wasn't there, okay? All right. Sometimes you have to be nimble, Jan, and we have to move along. If someone doesn't show up, I'm not going to make a big deal of somebody not showing up or not being available at the moment. Sometimes that happens. Uh, Don writes me this morning, hey, Bill, been up since 7. Did I miss Greg Roberts? No, you did not miss Greg Roberts. Uh, last time we talked with Greg, he's going to be on Mondays for the next few weeks because of his appearances at various sportsmen and outdoor shows. Okay? Just wanted to make sure you knew that. Let me go to line three. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Bill. It's Kim Andreessen talking about Polar Plunge. Hello, Kim. What's up? Well, I just wanted to do a little shout out. Our registration is open and Polar Plunge is coming up on March 2nd at the Rogue Valley Country Club. We have uh, an exceedingly amount of huge numbers of teams and people joining and it's all for Special Olympics Oregon. Very good. And we've talked with you several times about this uh, over the years here. And how much does it cost to register? It's $50 per person, but for that $50, you're helping athletes with uniforms, equipment, and opportunities for inclusion and regional competition. So uh, it goes to a great cause. Uh, Again, it's athletes with disabilities here in our own community and Mm -hmm. across the state. Our goal this year is $75,000, so we hope that people will raise more than 50, um, and they can register at plungeoregon.org. Duly noted. I appreciate the call. We'll have you on for a deeper dive at some point, okay? Sounds great. All Thanks, right. Bill. Thanks, Kim. 829 at KMED, KCMD. We'll continue with open phones. Hi, who's this? Good morning. Hey, Bill. It's Lynn in Phoenix. Hello, Lynn. How are you? I'm good. I 
I did listen to your last interview, and it was amazing. I'd love to see our Medford police get those. Yeah, I wonder. I, I'm not aware or I don't know what type of vests that uh, Medford police or Ashland police or Grants Pass police are, are, are rolling. But chances are it may not be the most expensive new ones. But maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe there's better money than here than we think. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I did want to comment. I was shocked that the people that beat up the cops have been released from jail because Kathy Hochul, you know, she was out there grandstanding the governor saying that these people should be deported. And then she's blaming the Republicans for not supporting the immigration bill. That's a scam. It would actually weaken immigration law. That's right. And don't. And she said, well, Joe Biden will close down the border tomorrow if you pass that bill. He could do it today. He could do it today if he wanted to. It's a lie. It's the whole thing, Lynn, that we're talking about. The fight for the truth. The right. truth. And, and the Democrats just, they lie about everything. And everything that they accuse others of doing is exactly what they are doing or about to do. It's like we're dealing with uh, half the population is of sociopaths. Yeah. They really are. I mean, well, like you said, when power is your ultimate goal and you've convinced yourself that you're the good people, so therefore you have a right to the power and anything is worth it to get that power. And these are people who don't fear God, so they think they're God. And it's it's pretty, pretty uh, frightening. <laughs> so. You know, it's really not all that different. And I'm sorry to bring up the Satan thing here, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, the satanic church, the satanic uh-huh. church, do what thou wilt. That's essentially where uh, most of our secular Democrats are coming from. Exactly. That is the lie of Satan from the beginning. You know, God doesn't want you to have fun. God wants to ruin your life. <laughs> yeah. And just do what you want. Uh-huh. Do what thou wilt, and it's okay. Yeah. My precious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right. I don't know. Um, we need a re- revival in this country. There are some signs of that, but uh, the most important thing is for people to get reconciled to God, because you're going to need them in the next few years, for no matter what happens. Point well taken. Always appreciate that. Thank, Lynn. Uh, thank you, Lynn, rather. seven seven zero five six three three Line 2, you're up. Good morning. Who's this? Welcome. Hello? Bill. Bill? Yes. Hey, uh, Todd, Central Point. I'm going to give you an outdoor report uh, from Arizona. Uh, 80, and it's nice. But uh, <laughs> that last that last guy that called talking about the mysterious buses. So I travel the back roads, the desert roads here in Arizona in this time of year. And there are these dead little towns on the old rerouted 66. So, they're, you know, they've been bypassed. They're nothing. They've all boarded up. Nothing's out there. And we drive through, and I see all these young Hispanic guys kind of milling around this one town. Everything's kind of dilapidated. Go to the next town, which is Wickenburg. I'm talking to the local barbecue guy. A uh, gruff old conservative guy, and he says, "Yeah, these these buses of fifty people at a time are just being brought into these remote areas, and they just dump people out. And they all have cell phones and cash, and then the next day they all disappear. So they're just drifting off into the ether out here. And uh, so I do like one thing though. I crossed over the uh, Arizona border, and there's this huge billboard on the side of the road from some ammunition company, and it says." Welcome to Arizona. Remember why you're coming here and vote properly. I love that. Great statement. Very good. Thanks for the outdoor report from uh, Arizona. And uh, <laughs> here it's it's uh, pretty warm for our time of year, but uh, not like Arizona warm. We're going to be what in the uh, in the fifties, okay, and probably some rain. Talk to you later, though. Okay. 
Appreciate that. All right. Hi, you're on KMED KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Am I on? Yeah, you are. Hi, Brad. Hi. I recognize that voice. I recognize that Slovenian voice anywhere. You got it, brother. Hey, in all seriousness, I saw something on YouTube that's germane to the police topic you just had on a little while ago. How's that? And what it was, it was two separate events. And I, I didn't get the context of where they were at, but they were in group settings, and they were police officers dealing with crowds. And in two different cases, they were both females. One was a, a black individual. She was huge. She was swinging away at this this officer and hitting him several times. He turned around and cold cocked her and knocked her out and dropped her right there, and they arrested her. And I thought. Well, you know, yeah, that may seem kind of rough, but you're not supposed to be punching an officer. Yeah, do you have a duty to receive a beatdown, right? Yeah, and then then there was another one that was a different venue, uh, but very similar circumstances. A smaller female, very irate, very belligerent, doing kind of the same thing, swinging away at this officer. And he turned around and, and punched her and dropped her right there, and they arrested her. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, well, how, just like you said, Bill, well, how much are these guys supposed to put up with? I don't know. Um, was the officer small? Uh, in in the, one of the cases, the officer was in a group of officers, but they were in a, in a, in a very irate crowd that was really becoming— you know, um, out of sorts. I'm going to say something, or I'm going to express an opinion that may not necessarily be popular. Okay. I think that uh, one of the challenges we're having in modern policing, though, under the guise of non-discrimination and, if you want to call it, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, or whatever it is, it used to be that uh, a good majority of police officers we're pretty beefy people. Would you agree? Yeah. That yeah. Probably was true. Yeah. I remember my uh, former father-in-law years ago, Up, he was a Washington State trooper, Joe Walterscheidt. And he had, uh, and he was about 6'4", 240. He was a big guy, right? You didn't mess with him. And I think that what we're doing now under the uh, guise of uh, of making it open to everyone is that you have a lot of police officers who don't necessarily have command presence. Because when you're dealing with the dirtbags of society, sometimes you're, you're just dealing with, uh, you know, the, well, the rule of the jungle, so to speak, in which being a big person is probably more helpful. Would that be fair? Yeah. No, and I'll tell you, I've got a dog in a fight. I've got a family member that's that's a, an officer, oh, and I'll just leave it at that because he's well known. Yeah. Uh, and and when he first came on, he's been doing this for I don't know, twelve, thirteen years. You know, he's just showing me his outfit. You know, they wear like thirty pounds of stuff. Oh yeah. When when they're out being a police officer on the street, and um. He just was showing me how he was protected, and, and he whips out this knife. I don't even know where the hell he put it. He says, this is my backup. And he already had another. He had two guns on him. Yeah. And he says, golly, I mean, uh, gee, what is it? it seems kind of excessive. He says, look, 
Well, what what I guess what I was getting at here, uh, what I was getting at the point, maybe yeah. I didn't make my point as well, okay. is that a larger, larger people as police officers with more natural command authority would likely lead to fewer violent encounters in which people are more likely to be, I mean, call it, just call it, you're cowed to a certain extent. You will be a bit more submissive. I know that may not be a politically popular or correct term, but I, I think that's reality. But I think also, Bill, that, that that analysis is probably more accurate 10, 20 years ago. How so? the attitude that the citizenry has now towards police. Mm. It just seems like there's, there's a component that I don't give a rip who you are. If you're a cop, you're an enemy. Yeah, I know. But still, if someone looks like they could uh, could take you apart like that, you're less likely to cause trouble. Well, it's enough to sell me on the topic. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Appreciate the call. Thank you, brother from another Slovenian mother. Uh, hi, KBD, KCMD. Who's this? Good morning. Thank, thank you, Bill. This here is Gregory from Shady Cove. Hi, Greg. Just wanted to, yeah, wanted to mention about two points, uh, one of them being over at the Rogue X this weekend. They're going to have the international uh, cornhole bag toss over there. Mm-hmm. And then on a second point uh, about the uh, aliens that are uh, from Texas coming over here, I did see a bus with a Texas license plate, two buses, a load of them, a couple weeks ago, but I didn't have my cell phone. And I'm wondering, is that true that there's a lot of them being dumped in Oregon? Has anybody else I, got any? I can't, I can't prove it one way or the other, Gregory, but I would make, I think it's a pretty clear assumption that uh, the Biden administration is pretty much uh, leaking these buses, these illegal alien buses, out to yeah. all, all as many states as possible that are dispersing, you know, dispersing the uh, the population. I, I don't think there's, could I prove it right now? No. But uh, there, there's enough anecdotal evidence, though, that uh, would tend to support that. Trying to get the proof of it would be real would be uh, somewhat difficult. But I think it's happening. I appreciate the call. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Bill. It's Francine. Hi, Francine. Hi. So the the gentleman that called a little while ago, just not too long ago, about the, the um, little weird towns, the dilapidated uh, abandoned towns in Arizona along Route 66. Yeah, and then here come the like, uh, Ill- illegal alien buses dropping a bunch of people right, off. Right, and they drop them off. They have, you know, money and cell phones, and then the next day they're gone. Mm-hmm. I have a theory on that. Okay. And they're being dropped off so they can be picked up by the uh, sleeper cell people. Oh. Oh. I'm not, and that's not being like conspiracy theory. I think that's really what's going on. I really do. You could be right, and I guess uh, we'll find out one way or the other in the near future, huh? Oh, boy. Mm. I hope you're wrong. KMED, KCMD, hi. Hello? This is Horrible Patrick, Bill. Good morning. Hi, DP. What's on your mind? Well, I was, you know, you talked about having officers that have a, a generally strong people. Uh, do you remember uh, not long ago when Mike Winters was sheriff? He pulled the guy right out of the window of his car. Yeah, that was during <laughs> a, I, that was many years ago. But I remember there was like a, uh, what do they call it? Kind of like a standoff going on. And Winters yeah. went to the, I think it wasn't that out by KTVL, Channel 10. There was something going I don't remember much about it, but I'll tell you, I got to respect it because 
I've always had to open the door before pulling a guy out of his car myself. So pulling out through the window is quite a feat. Oh, yeah. And But you see, that's what you call command presence. Yeah. There's a command presence that uh, that physically large individuals naturally will have. Now, I'm not saying that fighting skills with little people cannot help. But I'm just saying that a small officer is going to be perceived automatically as less of a threat and will most likely have more dirtbaggy behavior directed to him or her. I'm just not talking about yeah. the you know the typical law of the jungle. It's just reality. That's right. Thanks for the call. And uh, I'll take one more call, and then we're going to do the Diner 62 quiz after news, okay? 770-5633, 770-KMED, all right? Hi, who's this? Good morning. Welcome. Hello. Hey, good morning, Bill. It's Joe. How hey, you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, Joe. What's on your mind? Hey, a quick comment about the buses. Um, I live where I have a really good view of uh, 199 mm-hmm. uh, over by Grange Co-op, Farmers Building Supply. And, I mean, I don't want to profile, but I see a large quantity of the white nondescript buses traveling both directions on 199 fairly regularly. I think we all do. We've all seen yeah. them, and you're. I, I think you're. Um, you're not supposed to notice these things, right? Oh well, I, like I said, I didn't want to profile. Uh huh. But just you know, I just wanted to kind of add in that yes, I do see them, and you know, they're there, they're happening. Mm-hmm. All Bert, right, that was it, Bill. I appreciate the call. Have a good Bye. weekend. In spite of it, yeah, we're not supposed to notice what we're noticing. Hmm. All right. Uh, Diner 62 Real American Quiz, 770-5633. If you haven't won this in the last 60 days, you can win this $20 gift certificate next. And we're going to be talking about some court history, okay? All next. If your garage or overhead shop door needs service or repair, please consider American Industrial Door. They have experienced and professional technicians with a fleet of trucks that can repair and service any door or opener. And if you need advice or just have a question about your door, just give them a call or stop by either showroom. They've been your garage door experts in Southern Oregon for nearly 40 years. American Industrial Door on Crater Lake Avenue, north of Vilas Road and on Union Avenue in Grants Pass. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is your one-stop accessory and protection shop, offering quality products like Lightex spray-on bed liners, undercoating, and truck, Jeep, and SUV accessories. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is now your premier source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by and get prepared for your next adventure. They're located at 4840 Airway Drive, just off Vilas Road in Central Point. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority. Your Department of Adventure. Well, Dad, this is not a shocker, so you don't have to sit down for this one. Hit me. Father and Son Jewelry has won best in Southern Oregon. How many years in a row has it been? Fifteen. I've sort of lost count. Well, don't let it go to your head. We built our reputation on what we do today, not yesterday. I agree. Becca, you look like you have something to say. I just want to say thank you, Southern Oregon, for voting your Father and Son Jewelry best again. We've been your favorite since I can remember. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. With so many working and doing business from home, it's good to know there's a community business center to help. A Street Print and Parcel is a one-stop shop for everything from large format printing and scanning to blueprints, architectural plans, and shipping. 
Their Studio 10 expansion offers passport photos, photo mounting, fine art scanning, art reproductions, signs and banners, negative and slide scanning, canvas prints, and so much more. Located in Ashland on A Street across from Ashland Hardware. Their motto, we create it, print it, pack it, and ship it. A Street Print and Parcel in Studio 10. Hi, it's Jeff with Quality Tree Service, your local tree whisperer. If you waited till winter to consider pruning your trees, smart move. Because while they're sleeping is a perfect time for pruning, so they wake up in spring to grow in a healthy way. At Quality Tree Service, we take pride in low impact to your property, even in wet conditions. So call today for a quote with our lowest rates of the year and ask us about senior and military discounts. Find us at qualitytreeservicemedford.com. By Coastal Media's Best of Southern Oregon magazine is online at bestofsouthernoregon.com. Find the winners in nearly 200 categories by flipping through the magazine online or sort by category and discover Southern Oregon's best suppliers of goods and services, like the Retro Wormhole, Father and Son Jewelry, and Agave in Bloom. Congratulations to the award winners from By Coastal Media, publishers of Best of Southern Oregon. Nominations for 2024-25 start in spring. Visit bestofsouthernoregon.com. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. It's 846. Appreciate you being here. Diner 62. By the way, open-faced hot turkey roast beef sandwiches have been held over for a limited time. You add a slice of pie to the special for just two bucks. And by the way, Diner 62, your lunch destination. And if you haven't had the crispy sandwich yet, crispy chicken sandwich, get that, okay? And uh, also, being Friday, it's always Clam Chowder Friday. Homemade clam chowder. Get a cup or a bowl to go over at Diner 62, just south of White City. And today we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court. Let me go to line one. Don't know who's there. We'll find out. Hi. Good morning. Hungry Lee. Hi, Lee. We'll see if we can make this work for you, okay? I'm doing well, Lee. It was uh, yesterday in history, February 1st, 1790. First session of the Supreme Court convenes. First time this ever happened, Hungry Lee. In the Royal Exchange Building on New York City's Broad Street, the Supreme Court of the United States meets for the first time with Chief Justice John Jay of New York presiding. The U.S. Supreme Court established by Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution, which took effect in March of 1789. Now, the first cases reached the Supreme Court during its second year, and the justices handed down their first recorded opinion, August 3rd of 1791. It was in the case, Hungry Lee, of West v. Barnes. What was this case about? What was the context of the very first Supreme Court case decided? Was it A, a property line dispute? Was it B, over a wrongful death? Was it C, an estate inheritance? Was it D, ownership of livestock? Or was it E, payment of a debt what do you think let's try livestock livestock you're thinking yeah 1791 no it wasn't that not this time oh sorry darn yeah you're gonna have to pay your own way (laughs) diner 62 uh let me go to line two hi good morning who's this hello 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 hi who's it all right jack what was the context of the first supreme court case ever Dispute over a property line, a wrongful death, a state inheritance, or the payment of a debt. What do you say? Property line. Property line. Yeah, makes sense, too. No, not this time. Gosh, we're knocking them down bit by bit here. Property line, let me write that off. Hi, who's this? Good morning. This is Carol. Carol. Wrongful death, a state inheritance, or payment of a debt. What was the context of the very first Supreme Court case? 
State inheritance. State inheritance. Survey says no. Okay. All right. It's not inheritance. So it's either a wrongful death or a payment of a debt. I'll go to line four. Hi. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hello? Hi. Wrongful death, payment of a debt. What do you say? Payment of a debt. Payment of a death. Yes. Phew. Well, you had a 50-50 chance of getting that. Who is this again? This is Don. Hey, Don. You won. The first case of judicial review in the U.S. happened where the court had the opportunity to overturn a Rhode Island state statute regarding lodging payment of a debt in paper in fulfillment of a contract instead of in gold or silver. You know, back then they were, you know, trying. They, gold and silver was the only way you would want to get paid off in a contract. And then uh, somebody else uh, said no paper currency. And so there was a Supreme Court case about that. All right. So pretty interesting story. Why don't you hang on and I'll get you set up with uh, Diner 62. By the way, in September 1789, the Judiciary Act was passed implementing Article 3, established six months before, by providing for six justices that would serve on the court for life. And that same day, President George Washington appointed John Jay to be Chief Justice, John Rutledge of South Carolina, William William Cushing of Massachusetts, John Blair of Virginia, Robert Harrison of Maryland, and James Wilson of Pennsylvania to serve as Associate Justices. And two days later, all six were confirmed. It's a lot easier to confirm a Supreme Court justice in those days, apparently. It's 850. Millet Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millet Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. Get on solid ground. Call Millet Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletConstruction.com. CCB number 32787. I knew it was coming, and it's finally here. 0% financing for 60 months on new Fords. Joel here at Butler Ford and Truck Center, and 0% financing is back. Buy a new Ford Escape at Butler Ford Nashland and get 0% financing for 60 months. Buy a new Ford Bronco Sport at Butler Ford Nashland and get 0% financing for 60 months. Man, that's a message so nice, I'm glad to say it twice. Your choice, 14 Bronco Sports and Escapes, 0% financing for 60 months while they last. Remember, when they're gone, they're gone. I've also got low rates and big discounts on F-150 and Ford Blue Certified Freedom. Butler says yes to 0% financing. Butler says yes to bigger discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Butler Ford and Truck Center, just 12 short minutes south of Medford, right off of Exit 19, where we've got your truck, your SUV, your certified pre-owned electric vehicle, and 0% for 60 months. Don't miss out. Come down to Butler Ford in Ashland today. 60 monthly payments of $16.67 per thousand finance on approved credit. Freddy's Diner in Old Town Eagle Point has a menu designed to appeal to everyone in the family. Choose from 13 hearty burgers served with fresh-cut fries, crisp and moist pressure-fried chicken, hand-dipped fish and chips, beer-battered prawns, sandwiches, steaks, salads, and more. Dine in or check out the menu online. Call in your order, and it'll be waiting for a quick and easy pickup. Support your local restaurants. Freddy's Diner on Main in Old Town Eagle Point. Open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day for lunch and dinner. 
At American Rancher Garage, our mission is to create and build unity through integrity and high-quality service. We are committed to serving you, our customers, providing nothing less than the highest standard of professionalism on every single service and repair. Quality technicians, competitive pricing, and service you can trust is what keeps American Rancher Garage and you united through service. Stop in at 2001 Biddle Road across from Elmer's Restaurant or call 541-499-6673 to make an appointment. Hey, to social engineering and leftist corporations, do they make you feel like we're kind of living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Now, our friends at Pure Talk, my wireless company, they know the silent majority is fed up. And I'm calling on all of those Americans, stand with a company that champions your values. The average family is saving almost $1,000 a year. Dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now. Do it now. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. From our friends of Pure Talk. Hi, this is Lisa, the Hughes Lumber Girl, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. An email of the day, maybe more than one, we'll see. But that's uh, sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry and Dr. Steve Nelson next to the new Mazadlan Mexican restaurant in Central Point. Really relaxed and comfortable waiting room. The downside is you will rarely spend time in the room waiting since they tend to see you on time. They respect your schedule. I know this from experience over at Central Point Family Dentistry. Get your appointment today, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. Yep, they'll get you in there and get you out ASAP. They don't let you let you sit around waiting, okay? Even though it is a nice room. The email of the day goes to an anonymous nurse here, and uh, due to HIPAA regulations, patient confidentiality, and workplace policies, I'm asking that you keep my identity anonymous. And this has to do with my experience over at Prov. Interesting. I'm a longtime employee of uh, Providence ER and would like to share some insight into our crazy ER world. I was there on Tuesday night and I had some observations about it. But this uh, nurse says, um, we commonly refer to it as organized chaos. I was working the night you came in and recognized you immediately, but due to patient privacy, it would have been inappropriate for me to approach you. However, I was definitely wondering what the heck you must have been thinking surrounded by all the crazy chaos going around. I listen to your radio show often. I'm glad your mother is going to be all right, by the way. Generally speaking, I think it's difficult for the general public to understand the fundamentals of the emergency room and the art of providing the best care possible under enormous mental and physical pressure. Uh, pressure rather. Here are some things we wish our patients knew but never speak of. Number one, 99% of people that enter this profession do so with good intentions and are compassionate about helping people. Of course, there are always a few bad apples, but they are very rare. Two, our workplace in the ER has become increasingly dangerous and violent over the last few years, primarily due to an increase in drug use, homelessness, homelessness rather, and a basic disregard for the law and or consequences for criminal behavior. A few days ago, I was almost punched in the face by a 250-pound drunk, mentally ill man who unexpectedly, unexpectedly, raised his fist to me when I attempted to help him into a wheelchair. Thankfully, security positioned next to me was able to intercept the punch before it hit my face. Three, we're dealing with massive fentanyl overdoses and other drugs on a daily basis. Four, the ER is becoming a safe house to solve deep-rooted social issues such as homelessness, insurance issues, mental illness, and family problems taking up valuable time and resources that could be solved elsewhere. Number five, 
ER employees are entrusted with a high degree of self-regulation and decision-making. We don't get caught up in trivial policies or subjects because we just don't have the time. Mask wearing hasn't been a huge deal for us like other departments. Here's the deal. If you have something contagious or act like you may have something I can catch from you, RSV, flu, COVID, or just slobber, I'm going to throw a mask on because I don't want to feel your slobber droplets hit my face when I'm working five inches from your body. If you're here for a broken leg and seem healthy, nope, not going to take the time to cover my face. I have never had anyone over my shoulder insisting I wear a mask unnecessarily except during the height of the pandemic. In that case, for a reason, I wore an N95 if I was dealing with COVID patients. Not outside, not in my car, and definitely not to make a social statement. Good old-fashioned common sense is the norm for most of us. People are having great difficulty obtaining timely appointments to see their primary doctors. Most clinics are booked weeks or months out. So if you have a stomach ache and haven't been able to see your doctor for eight weeks, you may be forced to check in at the ER and assess for a problem that otherwise could be handled at primary care. Wow, I didn't think about that. And uh, this results in overcrowding at our ER. Another example of the system attempting to funnel us all into the socialized vacuum of healthcare. Number seven, we work really, really, really hard. We walk fast, we move fast, and we think fast for hours and hours, sometimes without a break. So when you tell us how miserable you are in the waiting room because you haven't had a snack in five hours, forgive us if we don't respond with empathy. Number eight, we're very well trained to triage and assess your symptoms for urgency when you check into the ER. We're trained to prioritize based upon the actively dying first, then potential to die next, then serious conditions, but less risky than moderate, than mild risk, then I'm just here for a sandwich. You may be super sick and waiting in the waiting room for five hours, but we have not forgotten about you. Number nine, I work with some of the most intelligent, compassionate, and hardworking people I know. I would trust any of them with my life and my family's life. We help each other, we have each other's back, and we know how to jump into motion like a well-oiled machine. There are times we may have just worked tirelessly to save someone's life without success while comforting a devastated family member, and then five minutes later have to put on a happy face and address the patient at the counter, calling us names because he had to wait two hours for a sprained ankle. Our job has become, you know, hang on, I'm just, hang on just a second. I'm going to actually delay getting into the news because I think this, um, this email is just uh, too, too important. Okay. Give me just a second to adjust some things. Our job has become increasingly more difficult and more dangerous on many levels. We are kicked, punched, bit, spit on, and verbally assaulted on a daily basis. The fentanyl crisis has also put us at much higher risk of accidental exposure and needle sticks. So why do we do this insane job, you ask? For most, of us, it's a, for most of us, it's a calling. We are passionate about caring for people, and we gain satisfaction by helping people feel better. Most of us are intellectually overstimulated to some degree and enjoy channeling our energy into quick thoughts and actions. Yeah, we're adrenaline junkies. How could you not be? But... We will also not hesitate to hold your hand in times of crisis. It's not always perfect. We hold different political and social views, and we may have coworkers we don't like as much as others. But at the end of the day, I know my coworkers will always have my back, and I will have theirs. And I am confident that the vast majority of our team truly has a heart to care for and serve others during times of sickness and difficulty. Sincerely, a patriotic, compassionate, God-loving voice from the local ER. 
Thank you very much for that uh, email. It was uh, well worth it. And I was, Linda and I both read this yesterday. We're just going, wow. And that's the email of the day.